So please open with me in the Bible to the book of John. The book of John in chapter 6. If you don't have it, it's going to be on the screen above. John in chapter 6, a little bit of background. We're going to start reading with verse 26. Before we read, uh, Jesus has shown up. There's a huge crowd, and um, they're following Jesus. They've seen all kinds of miraculous signs that he's done. Uh, Jesus has healed the lame man. Um, he comes up, and there's this huge crowd of people. Everybody gets hungry. And so, like, who's got some food? Oh, this one little boy has some food. He's got five loaves and two fish. What can you do with that? Jesus like, bring it. Let me show you what I can do with it. And it says, like, he fed 5,000 people. And it's actually 5,000 men. So, like, they didn't even count the women and the children. And so, like, statistically, from a earth population standpoint, there's usually more women than there are men. And so that means, like, and then there's even more kids. So, like, there easily could have been 15,000 people at this gathering that have come out to hear Jesus. And he's got five loaves, two fish. He breaks it, lifts up and thanks, and feeds the multitude. It's like, what? This is amazing. This is awesome. Uh, this happens. There's 12 baskets left over. Uh, the scene ends. The disciples jump on the boat. Jesus comes walking on the water. They get to the other side. And people uh, all of a sudden come and they're like, wait, hold on, Jesus. We saw the boats go out. There was no other boats. How did you get over here? And so this is where we pick up in verse 20, 25. Uh, they found him on the other side of the lake, and they asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about the perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give to you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Now Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one who he has sent. Now they answered, just, just do this. Just show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Because what you've done so far doesn't count, Jesus, you know. Couple fish, like you know, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe you. What what can you do? After all, our ancestors they ate manna while they were journeying through the wilderness. Then the scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat, which actually it doesn't. And Jesus is going to correct them, and he says, "No, listen, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven; my father did." And as a matter of fact, Moses is very clear in his writing who provided the manna from heaven, that it was the Father. And now he offers you this true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us this bread every day. Now Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. He is the bread of life. So here's, here's what's some amazing things about this story. Jesus has done all that. He's fed thousands of people. 
And it says this in verse 26. It starts off where it said this. It said, I tell you the truth that you've come to me because I fed you. Now, this is crazy because if it was me there, I would go to see Jesus because of the miracles. I mean, I could get fed anywhere. You know, you eat, and and it it happens all the time. And so to hear the story of, man, there's somebody out there, and they're doing these things, and they've taken just a few loaves of bread, a couple fish, and they fed thousands of people, that would attract me. It's like, whoa, I, I want to see the guy that can do this. Who is this guy? And But Jesus is very clear. Listen, you guys, y'all come in. You're following me just because I fed you. Just because I fed you. Now, it, it's interesting that there's this thousands and thousands of people that are coming to hear Jesus, and the only person smart enough to bring lunch is a little boy. Like, like there's all of these people, and nobody, like, we're going out to the desert. We're going to hear Jesus. And this little boy is like the only one that's like, I'm packing my lunch. And like, hold on for a second. Like, and then his lunch is five loaves of bread. Like he's not on a carb-free diet, you know. Like who eats five loaves of bread, you know. Like that's a lot of bread. And two fish. Like two fish is like, I get that, you know. I eat two fish. But five loaves of bread. He's like, man, I just love some bread. I'm bringing some, some bread to this gathering. He's the only one. He puts it in Jesus' hands. Like this miracle happens. And I'm just thinking, if it was me, I would want to come for the miracle. I would, for the sheer wonder of watching Jesus do this. And and it begs the question, like, so in just a few moments, they've seen a miracle, and then they've just come in for the food. Like, how often does, like, wonder work the same way? Where things that could start off as being miraculous and wondrous turn to, well, I just actually just kind of came for the food. Uh, right now, at this moment, the earth is rotating at almost 1,000 miles an hour. It's rotating on uh, 1,000 miles as it revolves around the sun at 64,000 miles an hour. So needless to say, like, it's going really, really fast right now. 1,000 miles an hour, 64,000 miles, and it's doing all this while tilted on its axis. 34 or 23.5 degrees. So which is the equivalent of like. So you just having the ability to stand up is a miracle. It's like moving that fast. Like, whoa, this is crazy, right? Like that, 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 that all of this is happening. And, and, and the sun, I don't know, this morning I woke up and the sun was the sunrise. And the sun was just so big. And I just thought. It's like right there, and if I just drive up 17 a little bit further, I'll be able to touch the sun. Because it's just so huge in the sky, and yet it's millions and millions of miles away. Do you know how big the sun has to be for us to even be able to glimpse it with our eyes? As a matter of fact, it's so far away that the light that you're seeing reflected off the sun for the time that the light travels from the sun to earth, you're actually kind of seeing into the past because that light's happened seven minutes ago. It's happening so fast, and the sun is so big, and it's just like, wow, the wonder of that. Um, My brother here, he's with his wife, Cassie. She's pregnant. There is like a little baby in her belly. Like, that's freaky. There is a human being. Like, she put this post on Facebook, and there's like a little hand going like, and like a scene from Aliens. You know, it's going to. Like, it's crazy. 
that like two people, they, they've come together and there's a baby now being formed. And like I could explain all of it to you, but like at the end of the day, like that's a miracle. Like, and they call it the miracle of birth, like, but like sometimes miracles are really nasty. Like birth is so, like anybody who films that, that's, throw that film in the trash. Nobody wants to see that. Like, and sometimes that's how miracles come, though. And, and, and it's just like the, the, the miracles that they've seen of Jesus, and, and they've gone from this miracle state of just sheer uh, wonder to just, Jesus, if, if you could just feed us. Um, the other day, uh, my, my daughter's getting ready to start school, and we went to Walmart, and there's this little sheet that says, hey, these are the things that parents have to pick up for their children and she's in kindergarten, so there's a list of stuff, you know, paper and pencils and, and all that good stuff. And, and I was kind of encouraged that apparently the number two pencil is still the pencil of choice. <laughs> so you're like, whatever happened to the number one pencil? Like, number one pencil just got forgotten a long time ago. It's like number two is on top. And so, like, we're getting her all this stuff. And one of the things on the list was she had to have headphones. I'm like, wow. Like, we used to get in trouble for bringing headphones to school. And now they want them to bring headphones to school? Sweet. Like, she's just going to be, like, rocking out Journey all day. And so, like, we get her these headphones, and she's, she's got them on her head, and she's so happy. And we're trying to show her how to, like, plug it into the little pad. And she's, she's tried to plug it in, and she's sitting there watching, and she's got her headphones. And Devin's yelling across the room, honey, you've you got to plug it all the way in for it to actually work. And Kobe's like, no, but I hear it. We're like, you hear the speakers. You don't hear the headphones. And, like, and so I, like, I walk over there, and I just push the headphone jack, and her face was just like, there's music. There's music in these things. It's like she's it's like a brand new world for her. And like there's the sheer wonder on her face of hearing music. Like, wow, this is awesome. And like, have you ever seen a little baby at Christmas time? They don't care what you get them. Give me the wrapping paper. I mean, for like four hours, wrapping paper and boxes. Like if you were smart parents, that's what you would buy your kids, just wrapping paper and boxes. Like save the presents for like later on. And, you know, it's just the sheer wonder of it. But it's amazing how fast wonder fades. And it's amazing the older we get, the more it takes to fill our hearts with wonder. And sometimes it's very easy as we follow this walk to go from a place of, God, I'm just so in, in absolute awe of your wonder to a place of, God, if you could just feed me. And it's amazing because it's gone in verse 2 of this chapter. It says, huge crowds follow him because they saw the miraculous. But by verse 26, they were just saying, Jesus was saying, look, you're following me because I fed you and you didn't even understand miraculous 24 short verses later and like all of the wonder is just it's just gone they become more interested with the bread than they have the bread giver and sometimes i think we begin to chase whomever will feed us wherever's the bread's at you know that's 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 where i'll go and the fact is sometimes we don't come back to god until we get hungry things start going really good, right? And like, 
peace out, God. I'm good. Bills are paid. Money's in the bank. Everybody's healthy. We're good. Things get bad. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We're on our knees. We're praying like we've never prayed before. I mean, just, just a few short years ago, like our economy for a great, you know, it's like, man, just, you know, so many people, if I could just find a job, if I could just get work, if I could get a job. Now, like, eh, work, eh, I'm good. You know? And, and, like, and if you look, though, this is, this is the story of God's people time and time again. Like, you look at the children of Israel, you look at your story, you look at my story, you look at all of our stories, like things get good, they fade away. Things get bad, we turn back. You know, it, it happens over and over and over. So there's this kind of pattern in our life. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says this. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3, it says, So he made you suffer from hunger and then fed you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had ever seen before. Now he did this to teach you that a person cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the Lord. Like this is written here. This is right here in Deuteronomy. This is, this is thousands of years ago uh, and that God has provided this manna in the desert. Now we fast forward through time. God has broken this bread. He's fed thousands of people with this bread, and even the people have brought it up. Like, remember, what are you going to do now, Jesus? Even Moses uh, in the desert, we, our ancestors, they ate that manna. Now, this word manna here literally translates this. What is it? The word literally translates what is it? And so, could you imagine for a moment that you're Moses? There's, this, there's a million people in your congregation, and they're complaining, and they are hungry. And you've talked to God, and God has given you a plan. And this is what I'm going to do, Moses. I'm going to send you this manna from heaven, and you're going to feed the people. Now, remember, it translates, what is this? And so it's literally God saying to Moses, I'm going to give you some what is this. And so, like, now it's Moses' job to go before the people. And Moses goes before this huge congregation, like, don't worry. Our God is going to provide. What's he going to give us? He's going to give us some what is it? <laughs> what? No, 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 no. What is he going to give us? What is it? No, 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 Moses, you're not getting it. What's God going to give us? What is it? And to which Moses is totally cool because Moses has already had this with God before when he's like, hey, and so who should I tell them? Uh, just tell them I am. Yeah, I know, but, but who should I tell them? I, I am. No, hold on, God. You're not getting how this thing works. Like, you tell me, and then I tell them I, I am. What is it? Like, thanks for clearing that up. You know, and so, like, God says, and he's before the people, and they've told all this, and he makes it very clear to listen. Uh, we, we've given you this bread. We've fed your ancestors day in and day out. They've ate some manna in the desert. He says, but I did, you, I did this to teach you. So there's a lesson. There's a lesson in this that started thousands of years earlier. There's a lesson about this bread. To teach that a person cannot live on bread alone, but by every word that the Lord speaks. And so this lesson continues, and Jesus is trying to teach them the same lesson, and it just goes to show, like, we forget so easily. 
that he is our provider. That at the end of the day, he will take care of you. He'll give you some, what is it? I don't know how you're going to come through, God. I don't know how all this is going to work out. As a matter, you're, you're putting something in my life. And here's the thing. I don't even recognize what it is. So I'm just like, well, what is this? And, and then thousands of years later, even the disciples are there. All we have is a couple, a couple bread, a couple fish. What are we going to do? There? Surely we can't feed all of these people. And Jesus says, watch this. But what is it? Just, just watch this. We no longer need a miracle, and we just want God to give us the bread. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing about miracles. Miracles come at a cost. Miracles means that you give up what little you have so you can have what he has. Now, we don't like this. Because this means you've gotten to the point where you need a miracle. This means you've gotten to the point where, God, if you don't show up, I don't know how it's going to be. All I've got, and, and then here's where it gets really interesting, and this is where God says, well, what do you have? Give it to me. You're like, wait, wait hold on, God. All, all I got left, I got like seven bucks and some coupons to Wendy's. And God's like, I'll take it. But we want to hold on to our Wendy's coupons. Like, no, God, what good is this? Like, it's not going to. God's like, no, that's exactly what I want. See, there's this story of this widow that, like, comes into the temple, and she drops these two mites. And, and, and here's the thing. It's not just that she gave God her best. She gave God her last. Like, that was it. Like, these two mites, this represent, this would be the equivalent of pocket change. She gave God everything. All I've got left is this pocket change. I know we've got thousands of people, but all we've got is this bread and this fish. I know we're in the middle of this desert, but all we got is this what is this. And Jesus is like, that's what I want. And maybe there's something in your life that God's saying, yeah, I know it looks like little, but you've got to put it in my hands. But God, this is the last little bit that I have. I've been holding on to this. I've been saving this. I, 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 I don't, I don't, there's not much that you can do with this. And God's like, I'm going to take it. Or I'll just be waiting right here until you give it to me. What is it? And, and here's another thing about the, the widow's might. Is this, this, this has happened, and Jesus uses this as another training thing for the disciples where, where she's dropped in her last, and, and they've walked out. And it says that as they walked out, there was these streets, and there was the, the wonder of the temple because it was arrayed with, with gold and rubies and all of these beautiful things. And to which the disciples are like, Jesus, but you're saying that she gave the best gift, but look at all of this. Hers was pocket change. How do we get this with that? You can't have the beauties and all of this with just that. We can't build this temple with a couple pennies. And Jesus is like, no, you don't understand. That's how the temple was built. It was built on a couple pennies. It was built with the best. It was built with somebody's last. It was built with someone saying, here, God, you could have what I have. See, because we forget about the little boy. See, the little boy was the only one that was smart enough to bring his lunch, but he had to say, okay, Jesus, you could have my bread. You could have my fish. It's all yours. I know I planned ahead. Nobody else planned ahead, but I'm going to give it to you. 
I mean, I might even be getting in trouble because this actually might even be my mama's bread. But you could have it, Jesus. And he puts it in their hand. And then, like, I just think, man, the miracle happens when he gives it up. And, and so often, is there those things that we're holding on to? And we're saying, like, God, we're praying for a miracle. Like, God's like, well, what do you have? What is it? Maybe it's closer than you think and you just haven't recognized it. Sometimes we don't come back until we get hungry. You can't live by bread alone. And here's the thing. Jesus has been trying to teach us this lesson for thousands of years. For generation after generation after generation, and we are no exception. He's trying to teach us there is more to life than you just getting some bread. You can't live by bread alone because you're going to get hungry again. I am the bread of life. And, and he says this, and, and here's where it gets even interesting again, is the people are like, uh, okay, yeah, but do another miracle because we're hungry now. That was yesterday. So, like, if you just show us that we can believe with you. And then they go as far as even to try to quote Scripture to Jesus. It says, the Scriptures say, Moses gave us bread from heaven. No, they don't. <laughs> like, they're misquoting the word to the word. Like, there's two different times here where, where, where Moses does it in Deuteronomy, again in the Psalms. Both times, it's very clear where Moses is writing and the psalmist is writing that the Lord provided the manna. But here is the dilemma that we still face today. And, and that's this. It's a case of mistaken identity. We, get, we, just like those people, often look to the leader of being the one that provides. Because after all, it's Moses, right? I mean, he's the one that goes up the mountain. He's the one that does all the stuff. He's the one that talks to God. After all, we come to church, and the pastor, he's the one that does all the praying. He's the one that re- knows all the scriptures. He does, does all that. And, and so there's this thing that gets into our minds. Well, well this is how we get fed, and, and, and we mistakenly think that Lucas is doing something, and Billy Graham is doing something, and every other Christian leader that you look up to. That's, I didn't mean to put me in that. That was, <laughs> whoa, like, Lord, I repent. <laughs> I didn't, whoa, like, I just felt like, you can't even be like Billy Graham, and I'm like, sorry, sackcloth and ashes later, wow, sometimes I say stuff, like, every week I say something, later on I'm like, Lord, God, why did I say that, I put my, put my, my mouth last week with something, and I just, but if I apologize for everything, like, you would only come to church to hear apologies, so, like, my wife gives me so much grace because, anyway, um, yeah, uh, you know, anytime I've found, like, when people, you know, because this case of mistaken identity, they thought Moses was providing the bread. Just like, no, 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 my father provided the bread. Uh, anytime there's praise to be had, anytime, like, there's, there's someone that pats me on the back and says, Lucas, what, what a great job you've done. Or you've done really bad. Better luck next time. Um, I always think about this scene um, in, the, in, in the New Testament where Jesus is getting ready to face the cross. And it's, it's Palm Sunday and he's riding in. And he comes riding in on this donkey. And the Bible tells us that uh, people have taken articles of clothing, laid them on. They're taking palm branches, laying them on the ground. 
And there's this massive parade. And, and I've always thought to myself, I wonder what the donkey's thinking. Like, I wonder if the donkey's just like, yeah, I'm the best donkey ever. <laughs> like, y'all see all this? Like, there's other donkeys, and he's like, yeah. Yeah, boys. All this clapping. Yeah. Like, nah, man, it's the dude that's riding you. And, like, so I just, like, anytime there's that praise, I'm like, Lucas, you're awesome. I'm like, I'm just the donkey. I'm just the donkey. Jesus, if not by his grace, if not by his mercy, and I don't want to have a mistaken identity. God, it's all you. You're the one that provides the bread. You're the one that provides the healing. You're the one that does the saving. You're the one that does the healing. You're the one that heals the marriages. You're the ones that put people back together. You're the one that grows this church. God, you're the one that saves my marriage. You're the ones that saves my kids. You're the ones that put money in my bank account, God. You're the ones that provide when the doctor says nothing else can happen. God, you're the one. And I'm just a donkey, and you can ride me as long as you want. See, they found Moses, but they missed God. You could come to church and miss Jesus. I remember hearing this statement one time of a gentleman talking about his children, and he said this, he said, it came to a point where some different things were going on in his family. He says, I came to this realization that I raised my children in church and failed to raise my children in Christ. And I just thought to myself, We all, we all, like, we can do that if we're not careful. It could be a case of mistaken identity. And God says, I want you to experience me personally, not through a proxy. See, like, the the whole idea of, like, just coming and, like, all right, Pastor, you just tell us what God's saying. Like, no, 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 like, God wants to speak to you. God wants to have a relationship with you personally and intimately and to know you face to face, and but we're satisfied with the Moses. You go to the mountain, whatever God says, you come back, you tell us, we'll do that. Because after all, like the mountain's scary. There's like dark clouds and thundering and, and all this stuff, and you just, you do that and we'll, it's just so much easier to show up on church on Sundays and get fed rather than feeding myself through the rest of the week. And there's this pattern that begins to take place. And it starts off as wonder, and it goes to hunger. But here's where it gets even more interesting. Jesus wants to take it another step. He says, listen, I tell you the truth. Y'all have followed me uh, because I've fed you. It started off because of wonder. Now it's because I've fed you. But you do not understand the miraculous. See, God wants to bring us to a place of understanding. It's not just to know the miracle, but it's to understand the miracle. Let's understand what he's doing. And here, I got to be honest with you, this is a very difficult road to navigate. To go from wonder to sheer like, God, just feed me, to go back to the place of wonder and understanding. Because again, remember, sometimes the older we get, the more and more it takes to fill our hearts with wonder. Uh, Return to those things and love me like you did when you first met me. Like, it, Jesus is like, remember that moment. And, and the older we get, the harder and harder that is to do. The, remember the day when just the wrapping paper was enough. Remember the day when I was just enough. 
returning to the wonder. But God, show us a sign. Show us a sign. We, we, we need to see another sign. Show us a miraculous thing. Uh, you want us to believe you. What can you do? Like, Jesus like, but remember, the earth, 1,000 miles an hour, 26,000 miles an hour, spin on an axis. That's pretty cool. I did that. Like, but y'all forgot. Oh, yeah. And, and we, we forget of just, like, right now, this moment, the fact that there's breath in your lungs is a miracle. That, that, like, that the plants do this thing called photosynthesis, and there's just enough oxygen in the air to, like, to breathe and fuel our cells. And that, like, do you realize how big of a miracle that was? Like, you're here right now is a miracle. Life on planet Earth is a miracle. The sheer wonder of a God who holds all of creation in the palm of his hand. Who could speak a word in mountains. Be. Light. Be. He says a word and things happen. This road, though, from, from wonder to, to, to hunger to back to wonder and understanding, I, I found that it takes two different things sometimes when we, we begin to find ourselves falling back in love with Jesus and, and, and falling uh, back in love with just sheer life. One is it can lead to disenchantment. One is we begin to get into the word and, or, or we begin to, to, to follow Jesus in life and we begin to think that the more and more the knowledge that we gain and the more understanding we have, it leads to a, oh yeah, and, and that's how it works. And, and, the, and, and the sun does this and, and the moon does that because of gravity. And, and, and this happens with a baby because of this. And, and then we could explain it all the way and it leads us to just like, oh yeah, yeah. So it leads to disenchantment. Uh, and, and then there's the other side of it that leads to even more wonder. That when you've heard it explained and you know why God is doing what he's doing, it leads to just, see, it's like this. It's God, it's not what I don't understand about you. It's the things that I already know about you that just blow my mind. God, it's that, man, I I know I could explain the cross, but I can't explain the cross. And just the sheer standing there of this thing that was meant to kill is my victory. Like, man, I, I, I could tell you all of the, uh, exactly how the Romans and how they did it and, and the process of the whipping and, and how all of that looked. And, and on one hand, it could just be like, oh, yeah, well, this is what happened. But then there's the sheer wonder of like, wow, God. The sheer wonder of the first four books of the, uh, uh, the first four words of the Bible. In the beginning, God. Like, What? In the beginning, like, no, everything has a beginning, not God. Before beginning was God. Like, uh, there's a God that's before everything and, and, and before all things. And, and when it's all, like, there's no beginning, there's no end, there's no close. There's just in the beginning there was God. But I remember always telling my mom, like, God, whenever I get there, I'm going to ask God this question. Like, where did you come from? I need to know because I just don't get it. And, like, here's the thing. The more and more that you have a revelation of Jesus, it should lead you to more and more questions. 
God, like, just the sheer wonder of how this works. I know I could explain it to you, but at the end of the day, God, and, and she's like, and, and that's why you don't understand the miracle. And that's why there's so many people that just say, listen, uh, I can't come to Jesus because of, uh, of faith. Well, then you just don't really understand what faith is. I, I, I need science. Well, th- if you can't come to Jesus because you need science, like, that just means you really don't understand science. Because the further along that you get with science, the more you have to just stand back in the sheer wonder of it, of like, wow. To understand faith is to understand science. To understand science is to understand faith. They walk hand in hand. Faith and miracles walk with truth all the time. And Jesus is saying, listen, I want you all to have this type of understanding. To know this. To experience this. I am the bread of life. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the